Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. What's shaking, everybody? Everybody, right, with a nice Y there. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land after dark because I'm recording this in the evening time. And yes, even the evening time after the daylight savings time adjustment, which, of course, is a topic of controversy. But I had a, I, I've had a day, man. I, uh, you know, it's like I'm already groggy from the time change. My kid, you know, taking her to school because my wife's got to go out to, to do one thing. I'm doing another thing. I forget her lunch. Uh, she's got no shoes. <laughs> it's like my wife took her shoes. We're both out of it because it's like this time change. She took her, all of her shoes in her car. So I'm putting on these fuzzy boots on her. Just a nightmare. Forget her lunch. Have to drive home, drive back. Mean to do this podcast recording with Matt Kibbe and Dr. Callum Nicholson, uh, friends who I, who I got to be pretty close with in Austria, and uh, that had to get pushed. So now we're going to be recording that. Actually, the same day this airs, we're going to be recording live. So if you're hearing this, if you're, you're recording it or you're downloading it early in the morning, if you join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty or lionsofliberty.locals, you can get in there, watch the live stream, get it early, because this episode is not going to come out for a whole week. But and it's going to be a fun episode. It's going to be me and Kibby and uh, and Callum talking about the greatest libertarian question of our time. And that, of course, is who's more libertarian, dogs or cats? Right? It all comes down to that, people. It doesn't matter what's happening in Ukraine. <laughs> it's dogs versus cats. But no, it's going to be a fun episode. Have a couple drinks, shoot the shit, get into that debate, but also talk about some of the other things. Like one of the, my favorite topics I just thought up is going to be what's your favorite propaganda, right? Well, so far, what's your favorite piece of propaganda during this Ukraine battle? And Callum's actually based right now in Hungary, where he is uh, he's doing some work for a work for a think tank. So he should have some inter- interesting takes too on uh, some of the propaganda that they're being fed. Anyway, suffice to say, long day. My kid got sent home puking, so I'm recording at night. Here's my whiskey to prove it, and uh, yeah, we'll just hop in. It's going to be a shorter episode, though. I am beat, and uh, and but there's some things I really want to talk about. Like I said, yeah, I put this show together on short notice because we had to push the other one that was supposed to air this week, but I have some fun stuff, including the news, the breaking news, beep, 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 that the Senate has unanimously passed a bill and that bill, hold on. It's called, uh, I think like the sunshine, whatever act, uh, it doesn't matter. Point being it would adopt full time the standard we're on right now, right? So daily time, no more PST daily time forever. You know, EDT, I don't know, central DT, CDT. Is that a thing? I don't even know. I, I just call it cocksucker time because I, I hate having to figure out central zone, central time zones and mountain time zones. Oh, just, just suck it. I don't want to deal with them. But one of the few good moves that Joe Biden can make, one of the few decent acts that all of politicians can finally vote on is to stop robbing us of an hour, getting us into all sorts of mental confusion, heart attacks, skyrocket, you know, depression goes up, you know, all sorts of, of decent implications arise from changing the time and hour, right? A lot of health implications. And the reason for it, 
has changed over the course of my life. I was told at one point it was because of the farmers, right? We got to we gotta take care of the farmers. The farmers have to get up. They need to have the time change. Okay, why can't they just get their asses up an hour later, an hour earlier? I, I don't see the problem here, right? Why, why do we have to change the clocks because of this? Oh, it's because school children. We don't want school children going to school in the dark. Okay, well, number one, they're not going to school that early. Number two, I, maybe have school start later. Instead of disrupting the world that I that I live in, right? The, the world insofar as the United States is concerned, instead of disrupting all that, I'm sure we can have these different industries figure it out on their own without having to completely upend everybody's fucking life. So anyway, cheers, because it looks like it's finally going to come to an end. Even Joe Biden can't fuck this up, right? Although how great would it be? How funny would it be if Joe Biden decides to veto it? If he's like, you know, I just, come on, man, I love that hour. That's my, that's my favorite hour of the day. I remember that's the that's the one hour that me and Hunter would, would sit. We'd stay up all night long drinking, man. And he'd be doing heroin and I'd be drinking bourbon. And, and then we'd, we'd savor that hour right before I resuscitated him with that Pulp Fiction stab in the heart. You know, I mean, it, maybe Joe will fuck it up, but for now, seems wonderful. Bless you for doing something right, politicians, and finally erasing this horrible hour loss that's, causing strife in everyone's lives. So that's some good news to kickstart your day. Oh, my autofocus needs to be turned off. That's very annoying. Oh, I hate it when it does that. Now I'm not, I'm not in focus. That's cool. Cool. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Can't, can't figure out how to turn it off. Hmm. This is fun. There. Oh, now it's back in. Excellent. That's annoying. All right. Now, you might have noticed this episode was titled AOC's Captured Market Capitalist and the Batman Reality. So, yes, I am going to talk about Batman at the end of the show. Dude, I did. I went and saw it. It was long. God, it was long. But it had some interesting tidbits I'll share with you guys. But the main meat here was two things I want to get in this episode. AOC and her tweets about captured market capitalists and a couple a couple little things, you know, China. Maybe I'll go into that first, actually. I'll save the meat for the main part. China. Now has ordered 51 million people back in a lockdown because there's a new COVID. They're calling it like Deltomicron, you know, or something like that. Some Transformers super name of, uh, you know, getting all the Constructicons together. So Delchromicon seems to be very infectious. They're reporting, as they always have with every one of these variants, they're reporting that, oh, my God, you're going to go in the hospital and you're going to die, yada, yada. Meanwhile, on the other side, they're telling us to keep getting vaccinated, keep getting boosted. Clearly, it's not effective in any way. China which had, you know, basically declared victory over the COVID uh, virus, they now have locked 51 million people back down. Now, I take this information with a little bit of a a grain of salt because you may also have noticed that there's something else going on right now that China has an interest in. And namely, that is what's happening with Russia and the Ukraine. China and Russia have forged quite an alliance. China and Russia are trading partners. China and Russia are uh, military allies. China and Russia are ideologically more in step than anybody with the West and China or Russia. So it's interesting to me that all of a sudden this new variant comes out of the blue, right? Right as everybody's distracted with the Ukraine and everything else, right? Here in the United States, this Ukraine war couldn't come at a better time to distract people from COVID and how much they hated the lockdowns, how much they ruined people's lives, how the economy's shit, how gas prices are skyrocketing, right? Because blame Putin. So convenient timing for China to all of a sudden have another lockdown, right? A 51 million person lockdown. 
think that might draw some attention away from the war. Maybe they're thinking, okay, well, if we do this again, it'll draw some attention away. Now, granted, look, I know locking in 51 million people, if we're to be believed, like if that number's to be believed, that seems a bit excessive just to take some attention off of what's happening. But if we're talking about taking attention off a nuclear situation, maybe China's got their heads in the right place, right? China famously they take the 10,000-year view, right? They have a certain phrase for it, but it's always the long view for China. It's never instant, uh, instantaneous feedback. There isn't churn and turn like with short-term government officials. They take the long view. So it wouldn't be unheard of for China to say, this situation's spiraling. We need to take some pressure off, take some heat off this, and get people's focus back on COVID so this whole situation kind of plays itself out. By the time this COVID variant runs through, and after everybody's locked down again, well... Probably Russia will have either pulled out of Ukraine or they have surrendered. It'll, it'll be done. We don't have to worry about nukes flying over here. We don't have to worry about uh, Russia threatening to, to hang people in the streets of Ukraine, as one, one I guess, state spokesperson said. And, and I don't think he speaks for Putin or the Russian people. But we don't have to worry about giving back Alaska, which is another thing that was put out there. Ridiculous. And instead, we'll focus on COVID and this will all settle down and then we can go back to geopolitics as they were, right? And China will be safe because China doesn't want to get drawn into this situation with Russia. They don't want to have to reveal that, yes, in fact, they have nukes and threaten to use them and all this other shit, right? So the timing's pretty interesting. That being said, if this variant is a thing, I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what it does to people. I don't care if it makes your toenails curl up and go in your dick hole. I will not accept a return to a medical fascist state. I will not accept the forward progression of a medical fascist state, which is what we've been living under. I won't accept the vaccines. I won't accept the boosters. I won't accept anything anymore except freedom to live my life. And neither should you and neither should anybody within the sound of my voice. I hope my neighbors can hear me right now yelling. And maybe it's, maybe they can because it's nighttime now. <coughs> but it will be curious to see. Like I said, I have my reservations as with anything because any media source can't be trusted these days as we've seen this play out again. What's your favorite propaganda? But I think this time we might actually be able to fight back well enough with the evidence we have about vaccines, the side effects, the evidence we have about the inefficiency, the ineffectiveness of vaccines and boosters, and just the overall fatigue with this COVID shit to say no more of this. Now, the question is, do we have enough to push back against Russia fatigue, or or I'd say embrace Russia fatigue, embrace war fatigue, and push back against everybody identifying as I am with Ukraine, right? I was talking to uh, to Toad, you know, from the Tower Gang podcast. He's a buddy of ours and a supporter of our Patreon, which again, you guys should join. And, you know, he's posting pictures in Boston of all the scholars. And remember, it's St. Patty's Day on Thursday. Boston. All the towers are lit up in yellow and blue, right? Yellow and blue on all these corporate towers because these corporate towers, and I talked about this, I won't do it again. These corporate towers have to signify that they're with Ukraine because it's so fucking important for their, their corporations and their stockholders and the consumers of their products to know that these people are for Ukraine and that the entire downtown of Boston has to be for Ukraine. Instead of lighting up with green, you know, give, give the mix something to cheer about. I'm a mick. Cheers. You know, I'd surmise that maybe this is the new St. Paddy's Day. Blue and yellow Ukraine colors. Blue and yellow my green, guys. So maybe they're just supporting St. Patty's Day in a roundabout fashion. Mush those together and it'll all work out. But we're seeing so much propaganda come out 
And now we're seeing the stage be set for censorship, for potential investigations, right? We already talked about the dangers of labeling people extremists. What about the dangers of labeling people as traitors or terrorists to the ideological terrorists, right? Or traitors, treasonous traitors to the United States for daring to express, similar to what Russia's done, right? Jailing people for expressing opposition to the war in Ukraine. Well, the old raggedy bitches on The View seem to think that Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard should both be thrown into jail, or at least at the very minimum, investigated by the Department of Justice or the FBI or the CIA or whoever wants to do it, because they're pushing Russian propaganda. Now, this comes on the hills, or the heels of Tulsi Gabbard saying that the bioweapons labs were not, or that there were bioweapons labs in Ukraine. The official narrative is, no, you know, the U.S. didn't fund these, right? Because that was the link too. The U.S. funded bioweapons labs. Well, no, these aren't bioweapons labs. These are just bio labs. But of course, there's also an acknowledgement that, well, we don't know exactly what's going on in these labs, right? They're developing things. There's strains of things. They're working on things there. Maybe there's some evil there. We, don't, we just don't know. But the labs are there. The United States is funding them. This was denied at first, and then they came around to admit it. So Tulsi pointing out that this is a dangerous situation, that these labs could have you know, pathogens get out. Um, and I, even before this, I think Tulsi was, was speaking out against military operations there. Tucker Carlson, of course, is anti-war in general. That's one of his best points. He's spoken out about this Russia shit and been accused of being an agent of Putin. And naturally, by these old bitty bitches on The View. Whoopi Goldberg out there calling for people to be arrested for treason. Calling and, and literally talking about how they should be investigated, how they should be jailed for spreading Russian propaganda. Now, this is a free speech issue, but we've seen free speech be attacked during wartime. We've seen removal of rights in certain times past. Now, the Supreme Court's done a good job in fighting back against that, but in the current environment, We've seen things that are blatantly unconstitutional pushed through, be put into effect, ruin people's lives, ruin their careers, put them in, into positions where they are basically without friends, without money, and without potential because the culture is crushed down on them in conjunction with government forces before these things can be ruled upon, right? But the force of government executive order, the force of the government weight, the pressure, the cultural forces at play here Make it so that it's a de facto ruling. And by the time it gets rolled back, I don't know, we're going to have people in jail for questioning this, this war narrative. Anything that goes against the empirical narrative of the state, well, that gets you thrown to prison. I mean, I'm sorry. That gets you fired. I'm sorry you can't speak out against the war in Ukraine. You can't speak out against the Americans giving them $16 billion. You can't speak out against Americans trying to provide them with weapons. Or you must be a traitor. Don't you love your country? Yeah, man, I love my fucking country so much, I don't want it to be blown up. I love the people that are in this country so much, I don't want them sent off to die. I don't want, I don't, and frankly, I don't want my money to be used to kill other people that I don't know, that I don't, I have no idea what their motivations are. I mean, we already know Ukraine has offered to have people come on in. If you want to fight for Ukraine, come in, fight for us, right? And we're being told that 30,000 people signed up to fight in Ukraine. I call that bullshit, and I still think it's bullshit. The portion of them I don't think is bullshit are the neo-Nazis, right? And the neo-Nazi narrative has been downplayed 
and you know, I, everybody said this, you can punch a Nazi in the street if they wear a MAGA hat, but of course you can fund with $16 billion Nazi groups. And yes, there are Nazi groups over there. Well, I'll bring up this story real quick. Uh, do, do, do. The uh, Azovs, hold on, what's their full name? It is, oh God, every time I try to find this up, the full fucking name of it. I can't, it just says Azovs. Well, whatever. It is the Azov Battalion. There you go, the Azov Battalion. The Azov Battalion are neo-Nazis, right? America's known the neo-Nazis were there. We had actually, you know, the coup that put the new regime into place. We knew they were neo-Nazis then when the U.S. helped it happen. It's amazing how many leftists are now marching in the streets. And they'll say, well, the neo-Nazis aren't everybody. It's just, you know, we're, we're supporting the broader people. Well, if you remind them that there are virtually no Nazis in the Trump people, there are not, no Nazis virtually anywhere, but yet they want to demonize massive swaths of the population, well, they'll just stammer and not know what to say to you. But here we are supporting literal neo-Nazis and the neo-Nazis that are allowed in the country because the Ukraine opened up and said, hey, come fight for us. Those are the actual people going. Because they want to go, they they all these people that yeah, kind of get a violent mindset, right? They would be willing to go over there. They might want to go just to kill people. They might want to go to, to fight against their brother to have this ethno state, right? In the you know, in whatever the Donbass region, they might view Russians and their white skin as something to be uh, proud of, or maybe they want to feel you know, again the Ukrainians. Okay, we're going to side with the Ukrainians for their white skin. Point being, there's no reason for us to be involved in this. There's no reason for us to fund neo-Nazis or fund people fighting neo-Nazis. It doesn't really behoove us to get in the middle of it. But stand with Ukraine, everybody. Put up your blue and yellow flag, change the lights on your house, and make sure that you are a dipshit that does not challenge any narrative because you don't want the people in The View coming after you. You don't want Whoopi Goldberg on your doorstep. Trust me on that. My God, can you imagine opening your door and seeing Whoopi Goldberg there? She literally looks like, speaking of St. Patty's Day, she looks like, I'm the leprechaun. It's like fucking Warwick Davis on your front stoop with Whoopi out there. Nightmare inducing. Okay. So let's move on. God, it's already going too long. I'm I'm already almost out of whiskey and, and water on Thursday. Let's talk about AOC's tweets real quick, and then I'll wrap it up with the Batman here. So AOC tweeted out, Many folks run around claiming to be free market capitalists, but what they actually are is captured market capitalists using subsidies and restrictive policy to hold us hostage to fossil fuels, for-profit healthcare and housing, etc. that many wouldn't choose if they had the choice. Now, this is one of several, and I'll, I'll address each one. There's like a whole tweet, like a whole thread here, but I just couldn't help but fucking laugh here because I, I said if these tweets were put into a play, a production on stage, a, you know, a Shakespearean production, it would win a Pulitzer. It would be the the highest level of Hippocrat or hypocrisy and ignorance because what she's talking about, right, is basically she's attacking free market capitalists for operating and using a system that was put into place by government, which of course she wants to be more powerful and larger. So. I don't know how she can coordinate these two things together, right? On one hand, you guys are free market. That's what you say, because you're playing within the system that you've been handed, right? You've been handed this system and you're playing within that system and trying to make the most of it. Okay. Isn't that what everybody would want to do in this circumstance, AOC? Even in your twisted, fucked up system, 
which I guess in her system, again, there are no winners and losers, right? Everybody's the same neutral dead tone at the end of the night when the TV turns off. But using subsidies and restrictive policy to hold us hostage to fossil fuels. Hey, you'll see who lets them use the subsidies. Who gives them subsidies? Is it government? Who puts the restrictive policies in place? You know, I have to tell you, most of the time, it's your people, the Democrats. Restrictive policies that limit what you can do, what you can invest, that tax the shit out of you. So you can't go and start your own business. You can't grow it. You have to pay a certain amount to hire people. They have to be a certain color. There has to be a certain number of people on your board. These are restrictive policies. So when you're talking about captured market capitalists, you're really talking about the people that you've created, right? And then I love this one. Hold us hostage to fossil fuels. Hostage to fossil fuels. AOC, no one's a hostage to a fossil fuel. A hostile fuel, a fossil fuel is the greatest freeing device that has ever met humanity. It is the thing that has risen us out of the era of, of tinkering with our hands and into providing cars to enable you to tweet idiotic shit online. This is what fossil fuels have done. The laptop you're using right now is created. This plastic comes from oil. These are the tools, the metals that you're using, the circuits that you're communicating on. These are based upon fossil fuels, enabling us to advance as a people. So I'm sorry, these are not things that are keeping you trapped. These are things that have freed you and you want to stop them from freeing other people that are poorer to enforce people to buy expensive by the way, expensive and inefficient different energy sources that cannot power what we need, especially in a population that is now being forced and funneled into a generation working at home, working digitally, embracing this system where an energy coming from your outlets is so dominant that we have to have a backbone of coal, of oil, of whatever else to fuel it. There's just no way to make it work. But yet, uh, by AOC's rules, we are held hostage by them. Instead of that, they have freed us. I like this too. They hold us hostage for profit, healthcare, and housing that many wouldn't choose if they had the choice. Have you ever been to a, let's say, a uh, public, what do they call them? Not emergency rooms, um, urgent care centers, right? Where it's free care. You've been there. It's not, not ideal. Have you been to public housing? I used to live right by public housing. But of course, the government subsidized, the government runs, the government provides at a cheap, effective cost. Whatever was the problem with that, you have to live next to other people in public housing. That's not great. It's not ideal. Let me tell you, a lot of people screaming in the night, a lot of doors banging in public housing. And, you know, they're shockingly not that well upkept. Compared to, say, a private building, a for-profit building, which you have incentive to make nicer, to upkeep, because you want to have people coming in, moving in and out. It's not just people that have no money. They're forced to come in and out and, and live there because they have to. Well, they upkeep them. They improve them over time, you see. They don't look like crack shacks. They don't look like they were built in the 1920s and never updated, which is what every public housing looks like, literally. Every single fucking one looks the same. They look depressing. They look inorganic. They're not well kept up. And the people there know that. Talk about being depressed. Talk about waking up. Living in public housing has got to be one of the most depressing, horrible things I've ever seen. I, I, I can't imagine something worse. Waking up in the concrete bunker walls that aren't kept up. Having just, you know, you walk out in this space tiny little area he's staring at other depressed people every day walking out half of them don't even go into work no thank you no thank you 
I think most people, if they had an option, would opt never to go into public housing, to never go into a public funded healthcare situation. I think she's talking about gasoline. If you think gas is expensive now, imagine if we had to pay the true price without the insane government subsidies. Hey, AOC, yes, there are subsidies. How about you get rid of them? I agree with that. I agree. Get rid of the subsidies that your government gives out. But also, how about we get rid of the gas taxes that in California is like 60, 70 cents a fucking gallon? How about you get rid of that shit? How about you get rid of the restrictions you put on finding new fuel sources, the taxes, the fees, the fines that you put on anything trying to go after fossil fuel revenue? How about you pull that shit out and we'll see how the market responds? Because if the market then provides a better alternative, a cheaper, more efficient, more effective alternative in a true open market, well, then fine, people will go and adopt your your precious renewable energies. But guess what else gets subsidies? The green energy problem? I mean, remember, was it not Solana, uh, Solara, whatever fucking Obama dumped, you know, $50 billion into, they just went tits up. The number of failed energy projects, the number of subsidized energy. How about ethanol? You fucking idiot. She pretends this shit goes away. She pretends honestly that more subsidies go to oil than go to green project at this point, which I don't think is even true anymore. When you count not just subsidies to the actual producers, but to the research, to the universities, to the activists, to the think tanks, get the fuck out of here. The amount of money being thrown at them. But she will tell you that, oh, that's, that's the big difference. If public socially owned and cooperative housing was available. Many would choose that over being held hostage by private equity, charging 60% of your money for a small apartment. Again, the hypocrisy. The reason rents are so fucking expensive is because government gets in the way with red tape, with research into environmental impacts that get in the way of building projects to creating housing. Your fines, your fees, your taxes, everything you do stops people from wanting to get money back into the marketplace and build. Just for example, The emphasis on affordable housing stops people in major cities from building massive housing projects because they are forced to give like 45% of them to income or to uh, low income households that aren't anywhere close to the actual market value of that construction project. So instead, (coughs) they just opt not to build. Whose fault is that, AOC? It's oh. It's obviously the builders, these greedy builders, they should build projects and just lose money on them. Again, if you get government the fuck out of there and let's just have them build, I'm sure housing would drop drastically. There wouldn't be any shortages. People would be able to find their homes. And also, how about you get rid of the renter's laws that everybody puts into place that protect them so people can squat in there for months on end? How about the moratorium on kicking people out during COVID? I have a friend who's, uh, whose girlfriend, she's had people sitting in her house for like a year. They haven't paid a dime. She's trapped. She can't sell it. She can't get them out. She's trapped. Whose fault is that, AOC? Does that make people want to build more housing? No. Whose fault is that? And then, of course, this one. Your medicine would be much, much cheaper if the billions in publicly funded research and development of treatments were treated like public investments requiring return rather than multi-billion giveaways to big pharma once a cure is developed. This one, I don't even know how to break this down. There's grants given out by the government. I'm against those too. I don't think the government should be funding these, these research items. I don't think they should be funding anything. But guess what? There's also trillions poured into research and development into pharma companies that's so expensive because of what? Government. 
you holding them hostage. The captured market is the government's control over all of these marketplaces. The prices you are so inflamed by that your labia are just vibrating with heat over, those prices are created by your government capturing the market and forcing people to pay prices outside of free market realms, outside of what is reasonable for them to develop a project, forcing them to adopt customer bases that can't fucking afford it, and by virtue of that, making things scarce. But yet, remember, us free market capitalists are idiots who could never understand that we're working in a captured market. Oh, AOC, you hurt my brain, child. You hurt my brain. By the way, you know what won't hurt your brain is our buddy Matt McKinley and the Burning Daylight podcast, guys. So I'm just going to do like one quick act. I'm, I'm already getting horseshoe. Matt McKinley, great show. Burning Daylight, real cowboy, riding around. Yeehawn. Drinking, Liberty Spoon. And also listen to hashtag Free Ross from our buddy Crypto Man. Great track. Every download of that track, hashtag Free Ross, goes to support Ross Ulbricht and the uh, Ross Ulbricht Freedom Project. So check that out as well. It's a catchy track. And also just Crypto Man in general. Awesome libertarian rapper. Make sure you tune into him. All right, let's finish this up, guys. This has actually already gone way longer than I thought. About, okay, good. Half an hour. I'm going to keep it fairly short. So let's talk about the Batman. With Rob Pat, Robert Pattinson, best known for Twilight, right? I've never seen a Twilight film, proudly. Maybe when my daughter is older, I will be drawn into that world, but I certainly hope not. But I saw the film, right? And it's long as shit. God, what is with every movie being so long now? Stop making these movies two hours and 40 minutes, three hours long. Why? Stop doing it. It's obnoxious. Learn to edit. God damn this movie. So... Anyway, Robert Patton said it. He's actually pretty good as Batman, but he's a very one-note character, right? Dour. Batman's always so dour, right? I'd like to see it. You know what? It would be fun to see. I'd like to see a reverse world where Batman's happy-go-lucky, skipping down the street, just giving hand jobs, clapping, high-fiving children. Not directly after the hand jobs, obviously. That would be gross. Wash your hands first, Batman. Come on, man. This is a different world. You're not dour anymore. You high-five kids with clean hands. But yeah, would that be great? Happy go lucky Batman. Oh, did a battle rang. I got a battle rang for you. I got a utility belt. Gonna make it sing for you. Karaoke mic in the utility belt. But yeah, Robert Pattinson, Dower, one note, you know, but at least they didn't do a full re- revamp, like a, a full retelling of the Batman story. So that was good. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, super hot. Super hot, that chick. And you know what? I gotta say, there was one line in it. That Zoe Kravitz had, and I don't know if it was written for her. I don't know if it, it was her off the cuff, but she did drop a, you white privileged males in there, right? Because, because of course, all the city, it's got no bad black people in it, only good black people um, like Zoe Kravitz. And uh, all the bad guys are white, of course. But, and of course, the mayor, the new mayor is black because, uh, of course, she is. And she's the one that's fighting back against all of this, <laughs> this evil. So black people, good, white people, bad. But. She does get her the, uh, oh, you, you white privileged males are to blame for everything. But the thing I liked about Batman, right? That aside, the action was fine. Some of the car chases were cool. I like the new Batmobile. I'll tell you that. But from a libertarian perspective, right? From my perspective here, what I liked about it was the overall message. And that was 
not to give too much away, no spoilers here, that your government, right, your elected politicians and your police departments and your criminals, for the most part, are the same. Not just the same, but in fact, working for each other, with each other, swap one in for the other. They are hand in hand across America to fuck you. And that made it very clear, right? And we talk about how the government is essentially the mafia. And the mafia plays a role in this film, right? Very predominantly. Um, it centers around a mob boss. It centers around uh, corrupt politicians. And of course, the Riddler is in it, right? And the Riddler's exposing what's going on. What it gets exposed as we go along the movie is that these things are all tied in, that they are interchangeable. And you look at the way the government operates, you look at the way in which the, the criminal organizations operate. It is, of course, a monopoly on violence. It is force. It is coercion. It is secrets being kept and not shared with the population. It is backroom deals. And of course, it's favors being given out. Living outside of the rules of society, right? Just like during COVID and Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi and uh, Lori Lightfoot going out and doing all the things that they tell you not to do, then they go and do them three times, five times over and really grind it in that they're better than you. They just don't give a shit. They don't have to play by your rules. Not only that, but the dirt, you know, dirty money, lobbyists, uh, dirty, dirty dealings as far as business operations outside of the realm of what is acceptable. Again, Nancy Pelosi, right? Just always making money off these stock deals. There's actually a new, it, there's a fund that follows Nancy Pelosi's trades, by the way. A literal fund created, which I'm going to put money into. And it tracks what trade she makes and then buys the same things. Because how does Nancy Pelosi have millions upon millions of dollars? Yeah, she's been in the Senate a while, but your Senate salary is not that big. She has like $50 million. Trading. Insider trading, insider deals, information, lobbyists, power brokers, power playing. And none of this money is clean, right? We can't even argue that the only money that's clean might be from Ron Paul, Thomas Massey, and Rand Paul, right? You know, who actually give money back. The other people are poisoned with this money that goes through. And of course, even the money that they don't get paid is poisoned. The money that we always say, taxation is death. Go to lionsofliberty.store. Better now than ever with our fucking money, $16 billion gone to fund Ukraine, to give them weapons and all this other shit. Taxation is death because your money is being used to kill people. All of this money is already, I don't care if you're using some money to give it to schools. It's all dirty. If there's one drop of blood in a bucket of water, that is a bloody bucket of water. You're drinking a bucket of blood. It's tainted. And that is our government. That is the tax base that they operate off of. The amount of good they do is not in any way overarching over the evil. And in fact, it's quite the reverse, right? We all know that. I'm not making an argument that the good they do is great. I'm not even saying they do any good. Frankly, I think that the quote-unquote good they do is still detrimental in the long run. Even in the short run, it's fucking detrimental. But like I said, if you murder people with one of my fucking dollars, that entire pool is tainted with blood. So remember that shit. And Batman does a good job of pointing out just how transparent these things operate, that everything is the mafia. All right, that's going to do it, guys. Short episode, like I said, uh, long day. But... 
Some wins, some losses, some pop culture. Uh, I'll just wrap it up again, guys. Listen to our uh, our Patreon. Go join there. Get the uh, the bonus episodes, the preview episodes, the live streams. Uh, Mark just did a two hour podcast that live streamed today when I'm recording this, but is available up until it releases. You can watch it early at our Patreon or at Lions of Liberty Locals, and um, that was with Cyprian and Pete Quinones. And of course, you can see mine. If you hear this early enough, you can jump in. And also, you still get a week early. So you get to watch it. But I'll be doing my Matt Kibby, Kitty Cat, my Kitty Kibby on Kitties with Callum. Hmm, maybe that's the title of the episode. Uh, debate, conversation, uh, shit talking. That'll be live tomorrow. Again, going to the Pride, going to our Patreon, going to the Lions of Liberty uh, locals. So check that out, guys. Join as little as five bucks a month. But of course, you get much, much more the higher tiers you go, including if you get it on 25 bucks, you get to join us for a, an hour a month. We do a call. We shit the uh, shoot the shit with you guys. And uh, Mark, I think, does a sexy dance every time. So you don't want to miss it. All right. That's it. From me, Brian McWilliams, from the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged into Liberty. Liberty. 